you seekers, explorers and renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. Doubt for me usually comes in halfway through a project and it's an absolute killer for the energy and motivation for me to proceed and to manifest the, uh, the project into reality. Doubt very much has its uh, origins in fears and those fears are generated as habits from a young age typically where we have a different perception of reality and that perception then embeds itself in our subconscious and then shows up as sabotaging behavior in our uh, later in life and oftentimes those behaviors that we exhibit or manifest uh, are often very closely linked to or kin to or fall on the spectrum of ADHD or ADD, for example. That doesn't mean that because we're experiencing doubt that we have ADHD or ADD, but in fact that we have behaviors that can fall uh, within the spectrum of it. With that knowledge, we can then employ tools and tricks that you use with ADHD and ADD to alleviate our own doubts. But first, we need to understand what doubt means to us and how it shows up in our lives and how it manifests and how it sabotages things for us in order to be able to relieve it and resolve it within our own experiences. So let's go into the conversation. Enjoy. The problem with the world is that intelligent people are full of doubts and the stupid ones are full of confidence. And this, of course, comes from uh, Charles Bukowski. Um, so now, of course, this quote is a bit of a bit of tongue in cheek, but I think there is perhaps not that stupid people are full of confidence, but people that don't really, I suppose, are, are not really concerned about the consequences of failing or uh, consequences of their uh, whatever action they're about to take Uh, and people that are cautious tend to perhaps have had experiences that have put them in a situation where they become more doubting of their journey more doubting of uh, their own capabilities or whatever it may be so Uh, The uh, Webster Dictionary uh, defines uh, doubt as uh, to call into question, to be uncertain, to lack confidence, to consider uh, uh, unlikely. And this is, of course, uh, the the verb of uh, doubt, to doubt. Uh, And when I sat down, and the reason we're having this conversation today is that then you may recall a few weeks ago, I kind of came to an understanding about disappointment within my own experiences. And this is uh, one of these topics that came up uh, probably a week or a couple of weeks ago, because I I don't know if uh, anybody resonates with this, but you know, during this uh, kind of early part of September, uh, middle part of September, it's been kind of heavy energies around. 
uh, both in the collective and that's of course affecting us as individuals. And um, so I was looking at the reason why I was procrastinating more than usual. And so I sat down and I asked the question and I just sitting there waiting for more kind of in my stillness, um, seeing if there any, anything's going to come up and doubt is what comes up as an answer. So I start exploring doubt and I start looking at kind of what, what's connected with the doubt for me at least. And why I come up with is, as always, when there is something that is low vibrational or something holding us back, always, or something that triggers us, it is connected to a fear of some sort. So what I've come, kind of came up with uh, that the fears associated with uh, doubt for me in a way is the fear of failure, of doing wrong, of judgment. So in order to avoid failure, we then, or if we have a fear, a fear of failure, we are going to doubt that we can do something because if we don't try, we can't fail. So that becomes the coping mechanism for dealing with the doubt is to not try at all. Um, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of us experience this level of doubt in terms of stepping into our greatness or our golden shadow as the uh, uh, Buddhist tr tradition uh, uh, calls it. And we have that doubt within us. And we'll go into a little bit uh, in a minute here, uh, kind of how the doubt shows up. But then also we have the, the fear of doing wrong and you know, that, that obviously, of course, is linked to uh, failure, but it's more kind of saying the wrong thing or taking a uh, misstep or something along those lines. So rather than speaking out in fear that, you know, we're going to be caught out or we haven't thought something through properly or, you know, people are going to uh, speak up against us we hold back on that. And of course, so we end up in this situation where we doubt ourselves and we doubt our own um, expression. And that, of course, links to uh, judgment as well, the fear of judgment. So if we don't put ourselves out there, nobody can judge us. But on the other hand, there might be people that see us as having something to contribute. And if we don't contribute, they will judge us for that. So I suppose uh, at some level, we're doomed if we do, doomed if we don't, do we? Are we? Uh, so for me, at least, those are the three key aspects here. It's the fear of uh, failure, fear, fear of doing something wrong, or uh, and the fear of judgment. And for me, in a way, doubt is something that is kind of hidden in my blind spots until I shone a light on it. And so it is an action that exists in my subconscious. And it's only when I shine the light on it and start bringing it to my awareness that it becomes uh, 
evident to me. So uh, the so how is it that the subconscious can hide uh, or save us from uh, save us from these uh, fears of failure, doing wrong, and judgment? Because anytime we have a fear and it's in our subconscious, the subconscious will create mechanisms to prevent us from experiencing that fear or to uh, go into uh, uh, experiencing what we fear in the uh, uh, in the end. Absolutely, Faz. This is about lurking in the shadows. And um, when the shadow is not uh, in our awareness or brought to our awareness, then certainly it, it exists in our subconscious and it is part of a programming, it's part of a uh, subconscious uh, habit or pattern that we uh, uh, kind of process or we run uh, without us even knowing about it. So we can look at uh, distractions, procrastinations, avoidance, and sabotage or sabotaging. Um, so the doubt for me in a way will this uh, if i'm working on something that is new to me or even when i'm sitting there doing uh taking notes on on these uh calls because i always even though i've been doing this podcast now for a year and a half uh, and some and we've uh, published at this point uh, 93 episodes there is doubt every single time because this whole idea of speaking publicly or speak, uh, hearing my own voice is something that I've always abhorred. Speaking public in person is a different thing, but being recorded. And I'm not sure why that is. Uh, it's something hopefully at some point it will come up, but there is doubt. So when I I'm sitting there taking notes. I have my little process. I go and find my uh, uh, find my uh, quotes on uh, typically on Goodreads. It's a good place to find quotes if you want want to find one. Um, and then I kind of go th go through the process and I kind of just feel into what my perspective on the particular topic is. And oftentimes I will be looking at. And I'll go off and look at email or I'll go off and look at Telegram if there's a message pop up. So anything that can distract me, I will seek it out, right? And it's automatic. And then I catch myself and I was like, no, I'm not supposed to do this. I need to go back to what I was doing. So you can see how this subconscious program is running constantly. And we we're oftentimes not aware of it. And there are aspects that are even sneakier than that, and I'll go into that in, uh, in a minute. Um, procrastination. I'm currently uh, filming um, or creating a course uh, that I'm going to post on Udemy. And uh, again, it's the filming and the being recorded. And I'm procrastinating something terrible, trying to, uh, you know, coming up with excuses to not sit down and do the filming. Right. So I will push it off, push it off, push it off. I've already recorded once, uh, one episode, one, uh, at least the first lesson once. 
but I'm not quite happy with this and I'm going to redo it. But now I'm putting myself in a situation where I'm going to restart the process, right? So we, here we have perfectionism as well. Um, that can be uh, one of the uh, uh, kind of tools that, uh, <laughs> thank you, Fast. Um, the uh, tools that uh, the subconscious uses to uh, pre prevent us from experiencing what that which we fear. Um, and avoidance, of course, that's part of uh, procrastination, but more to just not doing it at all and just, no, nope, I'm not going to do this because I'm not good enough or uh, this or another, right? And sabotaging we can sit down and start working on something and we just talk ourselves out of it. Or we, perhaps we are doing something in collaboration with someone else and we, we, we put ourselves in a situation where we get in an, into an argument with that person and we like, oh, I, I don't want to do this anymore, rather than working through the uh, challenge. So sabotaging is a huge part of this. And the, uh, when I was studying uh, psychotherapy and the hypnotherapy, uh, there is a saying that the, the subconscious, essentially, I can't remember exactly what it is, but there's a quote, uh, but something along the lines that the subconscious is very good at knowing. And it's very good at knowing even the bad stuff, which it can't really, it can't distinguish between the good and the bad stuff. It just takes whatever you feed into it and says, yes, sir, I'm going to, oh, ma'am, I'm going to run this program for you. Thank you very much. And it will run that until you change it. Now, changing it is a bit, bit of a challenge. It's like rebuilding a computer, right? Uh, going in and reprogramming uh, ECU on a uh, on a car, for example. It's not very easy. Um, so we, if we can program it right from the get-go, and this is where we as parents have a re really big responsibility when we are communicating with our children to help them program their subconscious uh the right way so that they don't have to do the reprogramming that most of us that are of a certain generation and older are and i can see most of us in this group here at least today are um some of you are a little bit younger than i am um but it's it is a challenge and it is something that we need to uh become aware of and as as soon as you bring it to your awareness then you can start working on it. And it's only by your daily practices that you will be able to reprogram it. Um, and doubt is, I've, in my experience, at least one of the more difficult things to uh, reprogram because oftentimes in order to overcome the doubt, we need the external validation to discredit the doubt. So the... If uh, if you failed enough times and people have told you stop trying, then perhaps you know you just end up in a situation where it's like, well, why keep trying? I just keep failing at this. 
uh, and then you try something new again and there's going to be the doubt. But however, if you don't go in and satisfy this yearning to follow your calling, then you're going to sabotage yourself anyway. So you're kind of uh, between a rock and a hard place. So the, the, in the long run, the most sustainable and beneficial thing for you to do is to work through the pain of reprogramming the doubt. Now, some ways to identify the subconscious program that's being run, and the, you can apply this to anything else as well. It doesn't have to only be doubt. It could be what, whatever is holding you from doing what you want to do. Uh, or reaching the goals you want, uh, have set for yourself. But um, so here, here's the sneaky one I was talking about before. Doing useful tasks that aren't what needs to be done. So I can, again, sit here and work on something, and then in my head pops, oh, we I got to fold the laundry. I haven't folded in the week. Oh, yep, no, that's really important because I haven't done it in a week and it's going to get even wrinkly if I don't do it this very moment. Oh, off I go from the, the very important task I'm doing and go and fold the laundry. And it's like, all right, you feel good. I've done you know a chore that I had on my list to do. So pat myself on the back, good boy. But now I've distracted myself from the more important aspects of creating something that is true to my expression, right? Uh, and yeah, so someone says, I need a snack. Absolutely. Uh, I do that one too. And I, I'm not one who has typically been a big eater, but uh, since I stopped drinking alcohol and I stopped smoking and stopped drinking coffee, um, going snacking is uh, has become one of those uh, coping mechanisms and uh, it is one that I'm aware of and one that is uh, I'm trying to moderate uh, but yeah so it could be doing dishes it could be doing whatever housework or uh, like yesterday I was going to sit down I got my all sorted with my uh, camera set up here. I was going to record my uh, re-record the first lesson of the course I was talking about. And of course they call from school and say that uh, my youngest daughter, she'd been in uh, a couple of times. She didn't feel too well. And the question comes, uh, do you want to come and pick her up or should we tell her to stay in class? And my first reaction is, Oh, she can stay in class because she doesn't have a fever or she's not throwing up. So, you know, it's might be that she's tired or whatever. But, of course, the subconscious comes in and is, oh, perfect excuse to not film. Go and fetch her. So, of course, I go and fetch her. And then I don't film for the rest of the day because I get distracted with uh, making sure she stays at home or she does her schoolwork at home and whatever other excuses I can come up with. So this is the doubt that is grounded in those fears. Now is running this subconscious programming and is uh, causing me to sabotage uh, my, my process. And so when we are ending up in this, we 
we are when we become aware of it it's it's one of these tug of wars so i feel guilty about not doing what i'm supposed to be doing that i've set for myself that i'm supposed to be doing um but at the same time i feel good, feel good about uh doing the other things i'm doing because i'm getting a lot of other things done but what i'm supposed to be doing um so there is that tug of war uh social media um i think a lot of people can uh, resonate with is a huge distractor and a big coping mechanism to avoid doing what we uh, uh kind of fear doing uh, and it's it's something that i've become become less of a distraction in my life because i've kind of come to the conclusion that it's kind of boring so i kind of go on do my stuff and then get off again so it's for, for a lot of people i know it is a challenge uh the news um certainly a big challenge for me and it's oftentimes it's i don't know it's like hoping that there is good news but there never is <laughs> and it's it's that perpetual uh, uh hope that oh if i check now perhaps there's a uh, good news on um and the thing is one of the uh talks i have with myself is if i check the news 10 times a day the news aren't going to be different if i check only check it once a day so we'll look at some of the tools we can use to uh, uh deal with these uh distractions and so forth um so that we can uh work through this challenge and start reprogramming our uh, uh, subconscious um another one here saying yes to helping others to avoid doing what you, we need to do so oh i'm being so helpful i'm uh, being so charitable but look oh, and this is one thing we all, all need to do is ask us or check our motivation for doing things am i doing this purely based on the fact that i'm the only one who can help this person or am i doing this to cope with something or to deal with something or to avoid something right so always question our motives it's a useful tool and eric edmeads uh for whom anyone who's uh, on mind valley will know him but uh he's a great uh mentor and coach uh and he says that promises are one of the most important things in everybody's life so if you make a promise make a vow to yourself to keep it if you're making a promise to yourself or anyone else but now be careful where you where you make promises so only make promises that you can keep right so and this is one thing that we do how we can identify that we are running these programs is that that we're breaking these promises to ourselves and promise on friday i'm going to sit down and do this and if we don't then we can go back and say okay why didn't i end up doing this i had promised myself i was going to do it what was it that came in the way and that way then we can understand 
what are the tool or the yeah, the tools the subconscious uses in order to sabotage us, right? Um, checking results on uh, uh, on our business might be one of those things. Checking email to see if new orders have come in or checking email just to see if uh, something has come in uh, in general. Uh, so this incessant checking of emails. Um, and jumping from task to task. And this oftentimes has to do with overwhelm as well, where we're jumping from task to task and we're not able to focus on one thing. And anyone who's uh, dealing with ADHD will certainly uh, know this and uh, re uh, resonate with that. Um, and then again, you know, making excuses. I can't do this now because of this and this. It's not the right time. It's not the right environment. It's, oh, this is going on. No, I can't do this. So checking in with your excuses and really understanding, well, is this really a valid excuse? Or is it a valid reason not to progress or go, go, uh, continue with uh, what I was doing? Um, pushing things off. Plainly just saying, no, I don't want to do this now. I'm just going to push it off or just not do it at all and cancel it. Check in with that. Why am I doing this? What's my motivation for this? Again, overwhelm. So when we get overwhelmed, we can't necessarily keep things organized in our head and it becomes this just busy talk in our head and then we end up uh, kind of going off procrastinating or doing some of those other coping mechanisms. Uh, don't know where to start. So you want to do something, but you don't know where to start. And that's often the overwhelm because we look at the big goal of what we want to do. So in my case now, creating a course and we have, you know, the end is to have published this course. So if you're looking at the end results, then you're going to get, you are going to get overwhelmed rather than looking at the first step of saying, okay, well, let's sit down and just figure out the structure and then take the next step from there. So figuring out where to start. And for anyone who's, uh, uh, kind of in touch with their energetic body or an energy around them, whenever you feel constricted and you don't feel expanded, you don't feel free flow of energy within you, that's a sign as well that your subconscious is running this program to prevent you from doing, prevent you from taking right action. Um, in terms of like uh, doubt, what I've come across for myself is uh, too much internal chatter. Mm -hmm. um, so when, yeah, so when that starts happening, I start using Paul McKenna's technique just to say stop. Mm -hmm. Stop right there. Enough. No need for this chatter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so basically, um, I think it just stops you in your track. And then start diving, and 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 then you can be diverted somewhere else. 
Um, because for me, the longer I let the internal chatter talk, the more it takes me into a spiral. And then the more problems and the more anxiety and then the anxiety heightens and then it affects my functioning. Mm -hmm. Such You get hijacked, right? Yeah, and then can't get clarity on things um, and can't make decisions, firm decisions. Mm -hmm. That's why as soon as it comes and as soon as I'm aware, it's like, right, stop, enough, no need for this. And then <laughs> it's kind of like, put to a stop you know mm -hmm. um yeah and also with self-doubt I think I don't know if you've heard about Myers and Briggs personality types yep yeah um um yeah I don't know I have a feeling you're an INTJ but I don't know um <laughs> you're absolutely right <laughs> yeah I think yeah okay <laughs> I am an ENFP and <laughs> Uh, I'm aware like um, when I've come across um, certain personality types there's um, there's more introversion introspection mm -hmm. obviously looking just at the Myers and Briggs you know the judgment and perceive I'm a perceiver yeah. and um there has been times when I've worked in project management that I ended up being more of a J type. Um, I think I'm gonna, so going to have to spell out the uh, what the letters mean first for the unindicted among our listeners. <laughs> yeah, the Myers and Briggs personality type is that like there's four indicators. The first one is you're either introvert or extrovert, so it's either right. an I or an E. Then the second letter sensing type or in uh intuitive mm -hmm. so you 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 see the world differently sensing types are more factual people they need to see the evidence right in front of them the intuitive people are more like oh i just got a gut feeling and that's it you know i'm going with it whether the facts like whether you can actually see it or not not but it's a gut feeling so that's intuitive mm -hmm. so that the second indicator is sensing or intuitive. The third indicator, uh, feelings. So F for feelings or thinking. Feelings is more like, are you hot? More hot over head? And then the thinking is more, are you more head over heart? Kind of, kind of. So which one is more uh, prominent? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, are you more logic or are you more emotion emotion based especially when making decisions etc um and also then the last indicator is either p or a j the p perceiving j for judging and i know the judging types are more structured more mm -hmm. organized more they have a plan and they're very the planners this strategic but um and perceivers are like just go with the flow see what happens you know and like one of my mind valley members mentioned at one point in one of the sessions you we need both types in the world because um in a in a chaotic like in an unpredicted situation the perceivers are straight away going to go in there 
and save the day. As in like, they'll be able to keep things afloat in terms of like, oh, this has happened quickly, adjust accordingly, you know. Whereas the, the, the J types, because they plan so much, when something does kind of go off balance, it's like, oh no, but it's not gone according to plan. So <clears throat> we need all kinds of types, obviously, in the world. That would now, become boring if we were all the same, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we need all different skills, don't we? Um, yeah, and, and when it comes to doubts, I think certain personality types who are more thinkers, when I say thinkers, more into the head, and yeah. not maybe, maybe thinking too much um, sometimes. Uh, well, we get stuck, stuck in our heads, and uh, if you're stuck in your head, then you're not following your intuition as, well, you, you're not trusting your intuition uh, in that way, right? So you end up doubting what the intuition has told you to do, what it told you that you need to do, right? Mm, because then there's a lot of what ifs and what if this and then oh what if then this happens and that then that then this oh my god then this then what about that you know rather than sometimes I just like kind of when there's doubts sometimes like do you know what I don't care <laughs> sometimes I'm just trying to be brave and just dive in and yeah. whatever happens happens and whatever happens in that moment <laughs> I just deal with it what once I jump into the water <laughs> you either you either swim uh like they say you either sink or learn to swim in that moment and sometimes i do that to myself on purpose because if i get too much into this doubt stuff then i'm not i'm not moving any i'm not moving any further i'm just stagnant and i'm going deeper as in like i'm I, i'm what's the word i'm sinking so mm -hmm. i just keep running and throw Tread, myself treading in. water <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just jump in and whatever happens, I'll sort it then. See, that's the interesting thing, though, is that I'm very much like, I'll just jump in and I'll sort out the challenges along the way. But then there are elements within, so for example, the chorus I was using as an example before, I'll ju just jump in and I'll sit down and I'll start planning the the uh, talk and I'll I'll put together all the content and all that. And then I get come up against something like the filming recording. That's when my doubt comes in. Ooh, am I able to communicate this properly? Am I being able to? Am I able to inspire people enough? You know, all these things uh, bubbling up, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there are people, oh, you can have both sides of the personality, um, but uh, I suppose one over, or overarching personality, but then elements of uh, your personal or the other personalities will crop up because of uh, different challenges, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's challenges for all types of personality types. And um, yeah, like you say, you know, once, it, yeah, because sometimes there's like planned spontaneity. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
which I'm aware I, um, of uh, certain personality types. And yeah, there are a lot of INTJs that I've uh, that I've spent a lot of time with. So <laughs> my dad's one of them. And there is something such as planned spontaneity as well, where they, they leave room for spontaneity, but it's not exactly spontaneous, but they have that planned as well. So yeah, <laughs> I'm just throw that in. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I do resonate with that for sure. I, I certainly do. But yeah, no, it, it is it is um, something that absolutely you can look out for, and it is one of those tools that you can use to understand yourself better, because that will then allow you to catch certain things. So uh, I think the it is a good tool to um, uh, discover your your uh, own personality, as it were. So uh, Brixton Hicks, right, Baz? Yeah, Meisenbrick. Yeah. Oh, Meisenbricks. Brixton Hicks is mm -hmm. a, a illness, isn't it? Um, Meisenbricks. So check it out and uh, see what uh, personality you might be. Did you have something else there, Faz? Mm, no, I think not yet. We'll go to Melissa. Uh, maybe you will talk about this. Hi, Christopher. Um, but uh, I just wanted to say that for me, uh, the doubt, I, uh, I use it as a tool right now. It's, it's sort of like what you mentioned the definition is, like, you know, for questioning. Whenever I see the doubt come in, like procrastination and all that, you know, hesitation and all these questions bubble up. It is a doubt, like you said, it is a doubt whether or not I'm good enough, whether or not I can do this. I use it to investigate why, you know, I ask, why is this question coming up? Why am I having a doubt? What can I do about it? How can I get this doubt to get out of my head? You know, how can I appease the doubt and be happy again and, and go on automatic and do my stuff, you know, go towards the goal? What is this like? wrench in my machinery that that's preventing me to do what I need to do in order to move on you know why am I procrastinating do I need to learn a new skill do I need to you know practice a little more do I need to like ask someone uh uh you know to to give me an opinion do I need to you know whatever whatever it is so doubt for me is like a, a real good tool to, to to just pause and 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 do pros and cons or whatever it is you know to get me moving again to get me back to where i'm like saying okay i can go on now yeah well, that's fantastic so, that's a really good input there i think for me in a way uh, okay <laughs> to use that as a tool and the same way that we use triggers as a tool um and uh, of course you know whenever we come up uh, with those questions we should always uh, or we always have the opportunity to ask the question where did does this come from when did i experience yeah. this fear the first time so that we can go back and understand the source of the doubt and that way we can heal it and then it becomes much easier to replace the uh, the uh, doubt within our subconscious as a as a uh, pattern and a program. 
So another thing the doubt is good for is to push the limits of our knowledge. For example, you know, we doubt whether or not Earth is flat. So we go and, you know, research it and find out for ourselves. So it, it's a springboard to new understanding. It's a springboard for new knowledge. So that's that has been like always in our humanity. Doubt has driven us, you know, even in faith, like you, when you believe blindly, you know, you can't believe blindly. I always question, well, mm. what if kind mm. of thing. So that's where the doubt is. I cannot accept things on, on blind faith. There is sometimes where you have to, because you know, you don't have means of investigating. So you have to believe until you're proven otherwise. And sometimes that that's the experience and experience teaches us certain things. Either we learn it from books or we learn it from experience. So yeah, but I think a doubt is a, a good springboard to lots of stuff. So I, I, I welcome doubt when, when it's necessary. And actually, uh, it what just came to me as well is that you can show gratitude to the doubt because that means you are pushing towards something new. You're pushing towards something that is going to be uh, growth for you. Uh, so that when you come up against the doubt, rather than when you identify it and rather than ending up in one of these coping mechanisms, you say, oh, fantastic, I got doubt coming here. That means I am pushing the boundaries. Fantastic, I am now going to uh, be able to grow. So uh, thank you for that. That that does flip the script completely on, uh, on that uh, topic. So great, now we've solved everything. We can go home and uh, do our things. Um, just kidding. Um, Wanted to talk a little bit about tools. Now, of course, uh, Melissa ha have already talked about uh, some tools here, but uh, the first one, and this is one that I want to wor make work for myself, is to vow to keep my promises to myself, no matter what. So if I promise myself that I am going to do something at a particular, particular time, I will do that. And really stick to those promises to myself. And if the doubt shows up, perhaps I'll uh, end up using some of the, the tools that uh, Melissa um, shared with us here and perhaps uh, be able to go into that with the attitude of gratitude and uh, feel that, you know what, well, I am pushing the boundaries here. I'm pushing the limits. And once I I do that, and in actual fact, you know, I procrastinated a long time regarding the uh, getting this podcast up and running. And now I've been doing it, as I said, for over a year and a half. And uh it's it is easier and it's something that have allowed me to reach out to a lot of people and interact with people on a different level so it has been nothing but fantastic and so the it, i don't think i've had anybody come to me and say well, you better stop with this podcast because it's crap so um so it's it's one of those things that you when you look back on it it's like yeah you had that uh, doubt going into it 
but once you're in it and you're going through it, it just becomes second nature. So having that gratitude for the opportunity to push the boundaries, uh, I think is a good tool as well. Um, so when and only commit to the promises that you can keep and expand from there. So you start out. Thank you, Fess. I appreciate it. <laughs> so you start out with a, a simple promise that you can keep. And you can prove to yourself that, oh, I can keep my promises to myself. And then you expand from there. And you, you can take bigger leaps in terms of uh, the promises that you keep to yourself or the promises that you make to yourself. Uh, writing lists. So perhaps have a book of lists that you write to organize when, like Fast was saying, there's all this chatter in the head, right? So in order for the chatter to stop, <clears throat> one thing we can do is to write lists or journal and then just cross, start crossing off. I need to do this, 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 and this, right? And come to you in a second then, Melissa. Uh, and use an, uh, like a paper organizer. Um, it is one thing I started doing a few years ago and just get like a paper organizer I have on my desk rather than an electronic one. I use both uh, equally, but the electronic one is more there for me to have reminders pop up. And the paper one, it gives me an opportunity to see uh, over my week, okay, where do I have the gaps? Where can I uh, fit things in? And it becomes much easier and less overwhelming to organize things. Alicia. Oh, I just want to mention this. If anybody wants um, to consider the, the uh, there's a quest on Mind Valley. Mm -hmm. So this might be uh, beneficial for you. I don't know if you've taken it, but it's to become indistractable by near Ayal, E-Y-A-L. Yeah. <clears throat> It talks exactly about this. It's yeah. like, you know, you make a plan for your following week that that says, you know, what would make this a perfect week for me? What would make me happy? What would how would I be most productive? So you plan it out. You put down everything daily, you know, in little blocks of time and then, you know, go back. And if you didn't do that, maybe you have, you know, bitten off more than you can chew. Maybe you've been too ambitious, you yep. know, with your time kind of thing. So what you need to do is to go back and don't say, you know, maybe you shouldn't say uh, like, you know, I have decided to do this and I'm going to do it no matter what. I'm going to keep my promise. You go back and say, why didn't I keep my promise? Maybe I need to scale down. Maybe I Absolutely. need to break it down even more and see mm -hmm. what the tasks are, you know, to accomplish this, what I wanted to do. Maybe Maybe I was procrastinating because it was too overwhelming. So yeah, you need to examine it and then make up next week. You plan within those guidelines and then, you know, you just go back and forth until you find something that works for you, you know, within what you want and what makes you most productive and, and happy. <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, so, and yeah. just absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Perhaps it's you plan out your week, but you don't necessarily need to make a promise for all the things that you have planned out. 
but there are certain things that you say, okay, this I promised myself, this I promised myself, this I promised myself. So you start out with limited number of items that you promise yourself. Everything else is you can move around. If you come up against it, it's like, oh, this has cropped up. This needs to take priority. I'll move this here, but make sure that you move it some other day. And so you shuffle things around uh, and don't take things off necessarily. But the things that you promised yourself that you keep those uh, on the slots. And uh, before I cue you in fast, I was going to talk about the uh, technique you talked about before with the uh, with the stop. So when you get that overwhelm, uh, what Paul McKenna is uh, referring to, there's a uh, hypnotherapeutic tool called uh, anchoring. So um, if you can establish an anchor for yourself, whether that being stop or, you know, physical anchor is always good, like squeezing your hand or something like that. Uh, that's always a good way of doing it too. So, but if you want to learn more about it, you can look up uh, anchoring as a, a tool to break those patterns and cycles. And we've talked about this before. Uh, and you, if you want to go back and look at the uh, old recording or previous recordings of the uh, episodes, uh, I think patterns, we had one on patterns, but it's uh, patterns and habits. Um, and it's about breaking those subconscious uh, patterns and habits. Fast, go ahead. Hi, yeah. Something just came to mind when we were talking about um, breaking these patterns, because I don't know if you've heard of Mel Robbins, mm -hmm. motivational speaker. She has this 54321 technique. Yep. Of I, getting think you, out of I think you yeah. mentioned, talked about that a couple of weeks ago as well, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So five, four, three, two, one <laughs> technique. That's very important because it, it's like uh, counting down and then just just doing it, just getting up or just getting it done. Because if too much time passes, um, you end up talking yourself out of it, out of doing what you need to do. So as soon as the thoughts come in, I need to do this. Boom. Five, four, three, two, one. Get get onto it, you know, because then all that chatter comes in. Mm -hmm. And I also want you to mention like it's a bit like uh doing a skydive do you know what i mean like you're up there you need to jump off but if you take too long to jump off you're going to talk yourself out of it you're not going to do the skydive mm -hmm. so you just have to within seconds just get it boom out do you know because otherwise you're talking yourself out and once you talk yourself out of it that's it you're not doing the skydive mm -hmm. so <laughs> so basically it, that just came to mind so i thought i'd just yeah. mention that no, and that's a very good uh, analogy. I uh, appreciate that. That's uh, so true that if you have the thought, there's a reason why you have that thought at that particular time because you are then resonating with that thought and whatever action you're about to take. And then if you leave it for too long, then the thought or the idea is going to go to someone else. So if you have the idea, take action, whatever that small action might be to uh, start that process. So I appreciate that first. Thank you. Um, Sorry, one more thing that comes to mind. Is hmm? it okay for me to share? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I remember once coming across some, I can't remember where I came across this, but um, like for example, emails, etc. If it takes you less than a minute to respond back to certain messages, then uh, 
that per- I can't remember who it was, but they said that you should just do it quickly and just get it done and dusted, you know, rather than leaving it. Because if it takes under a minute, once you get it, quick, bish, fash, bosh, <laughs> done. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I thought I just mentioned that one. Yeah, absolutely. But I think uh, one thing that we have to watch out for there, and it's certainly one of these things that I'm going to incorporate into my my daily practice, is to schedule times when you check your email. Uh, we have a tendency, a lot of people have a tendency to, whenever that little envelope shows up on the uh, uh, on the program, we tend to jump right back, uh, jump right in there to check who's it from, and then we get distracted and we move away from what we were doing. And if you look at uh, how lawyers charge uh, or charge for their time, oftentimes they will charge. Uh, so if you call them and you talk to them for 30 seconds, they will charge you for six minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. Because it, once you interrupt something, it is going to take you time to get back into what you were doing. So you have that interrupted time. And that's the same way when you are working on your stuff. If you interrupt yourself or you distract yourself, it's going to take time for you to get back into what you were doing, to get into that flow. So perhaps you can, that's a tool you can perhaps use for yourself, uh, just like a lawyer. See that, okay, if I go in and check my email now, that's going to cost me 10 minutes from what I was doing. So is it worth doing that now? No, perhaps I'll leave it for when I've scheduled it. And this is also something uh, I tend to do when I work with clients. And, you know, perhaps I have a client that has a particular problem that we're working on. And if I I can, I tend to go and uh, walk around thinking about it. And that way it distracts me and keeps me from being in the moment. So what I do then is that I schedule time with myself, say 15, 30 minutes uh, at the end of the day, middle of the day, whenever, that I, uh, if I start thinking about something that is distracting me from so, uh, what I'm doing, then I'll say, okay, well, I've, I have my scheduled time later today when I will think about it. And then I'll sit down and I will think about all these things that I kind of say, okay, well, I'm going to schedule time for it during that time. Once I'm done with that, perhaps I'll uh, write something down. I'll put some plan into motion or whatever it may be. Then that way I, my brain is going to be okay with me pushing it off or uh, not spending time thinking about it. So that's another way of breaking that cycle of distraction uh, or avoidance or whatever it may be. Um, Another tool is to set kind of daily intentions. So what do you intend for the day? Because we tend to, a lot of times people wake up, first thing they do is check their mobile and we're off to the races, right? So we've set set the uh, standard for the day is to be distracted because that's what the phone does. So if we can just 
leave the phone, leave any electronics for like your first hour and a half during the morning, and then, you know, do our meditation and just set the intentions for for the day that, you know, this is what I want to experience today. That then puts you in more control of, of your process rather than your subconscious controlling you. Um, and when, and this goes back to uh, what we uh, were talking about before, but when when you are in that feeling of inspiredness, uh, to write down and really loosely sketch out how we are going to get to what we are inspired to do. So that we don't have this overwhelm of, oh, I got this big project I need to do. Oh, uh, I can't, it's too overwhelming. I can't get on with it. Because if you sketch it out, then at least you have uh, small pieces that you can uh, then start working on. You don't need to start working on the whole thing. You can start working on the small things and just take one step at a time. Uh, objectives and key results. Uh, I think R is a tool that's really useful. So OKRs, uh, I know Vision talks a lot about that as well. Uh, but overarching to that is to have a uh, have your MTP established. And that's uh, short for Massive Transformative Purpose. So understanding for yourself what your overarching purpose in life is. Because then... If you have that established and it's audacious enough, it's big enough, it's not going to be overwhelming because your brain understands that you're not going to be able to achieve that in one go. So uh, my MTP currently is to empower humanity to prioritize purpose, right? What is that, Melissa? I like that. I okay, good. <laughs> So if you set a big, so humanity, that's a lot of people, right? And reaching all of humanity, you know, my brain understands that, you know, it's even my subconscious understands that. It's not overwhelming because it's so big that it might take me a couple of lifetimes to deal with, right? But if I say everything I do in life needs to at least contribute to going, getting one step closer to that. Then if I do something like going on social media and just scrolling, I can then, using FAS's uh, method there, say stop, and I can ask myself, does this contribute to my MTP? If it doesn't, I stop doing what I'm doing. And I sit down and say, what would contribute to my MTP. So being having that then gives us a regen a re-energizing motivation to kind of move back into the track or the path that we we were on. Alicia? I just wanted to uh, also say like this M M MTP, that's cool because you know a lot of times we get these ideas that pop into our heads and, and they seem so wonderful, you know, 
And like what Foz is saying, if you don't grab onto it, you know, and do it right away, it will go out and, you know, somebody else will grab onto it. Mm -hmm. But if you use this MTP, you might just say, okay, this is a great idea. If I do it, then I have to forget about my MTP and start a whole new MTP, you know, in this sense. So which one is, which then then the doubt doubt comes in and and asks you question well what do you want to do now you know do you want to do this or that so you know we can't do everything in our life we have to pick one thing that's important to us and pick wisely and 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 then go with it and and make it our life journey right and you know that's why a lot of people have this lifetime crisis they ask you know well, what was I doing on my life? Is this really what I wanted to do with my life? Kind of thing, you know? And then they switch all together and they and then they get overwhelmed and depressed and they can't move on because they they just have a whole bunch of new stuff to learn and, and move on and you know decide and all this stuff, you know. So yeah, um <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh and that kind of actually leads me on to another thing to put out there and it's it is okay to change our minds so if and that's why i said currently my mtp is this that might change over time but at this moment that's what it is and that's what i'm contributing towards um so it's a lot of people that uh, a lot of clients that I work with are kind of stuck on their path. They're, they've spent so many years educating themselves uh, to do this, and they've spent their whole careers doing this. And they're, but they have this feeling or, uh, yeah, this calling to do something else that could be completely different, or it could be something aligned with it but it's it would require kind of stepping to uh, into another kind of path and oftentimes i think we just need permission from someone else to give ourselves permission to do that and understand that you know whatever we've learned whatever we've done in our life thus far is going to be able to contribute towards what we want to do in the future. So, I mean, I've had more careers than most people. I've worked in a lot of different fields, done a lot of different things, and they it all kind of comes together to form the platform for where I'm working today. Um, so it's being able to be flexible and dynamic with our goals and our purpose and being able to change our path, I think is really important as well. And, you know, you don't want to do it willy-nilly and always, uh, you know, look into your motivation. Why am I looking to change? Is it because, again, could be because I'm doubting that I'll be able to continue or do what I'm doing? Well, then perhaps it, it's fear-based as opposed to being inspired. Fast, go ahead. Hi. Um, what you just said in terms of permission, something just came up for me. Um, rather than requiring permission of other people to go forth, 
with your mission? What about giving yourself the permission? Well, that's why that's why I said permission from someone else to give ourselves permission. But without the validation, without the permission from other people to give. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Why? Yes. Why not validate ourselves and validate mm-hmm. our own self rather than requiring from other people to go forth with the mission? Absolutely, but that's that's why I find with my clients anyway that. Oftentimes, it's in our blind spots. Uh, so having that permission for someone else then uh, allows it to come into view and become be brought our awareness. And then me giving you permission to give yourself permission, that's why I mean, right? So yeah, absolutely. If, if anybody is able to give themselves permission, that is the way to go about it. Uh, I think, unfortunately, for a lot of people, that is one of the challenges. That is uh, because we doubt that uh, doubt that we'll be able to do it, or we have this blockage that, well, I've spent so much time educating myself. I've spent so much time in this career building up a customer base, what have you. Uh, and so my argument there is that, well, you just because you've done that doesn't mean that you're going to lose all that just because you go into another path, right? Mm, I mean, what comes to mind is, um, again, it goes back, for me, it goes back to uh, validating self in terms of like childhood trauma, Mm -hmm. where giving yourself the permission to be authentic and authentically yourself without needing any external validation, like mentioned last was it last week in terms of happiness mm-hmm. like um childhood trauma in terms of like never being enough um for caregivers so no matter what you did it just never was good enough for example if you got an a star it still wasn't good enough <laughs> do you know what i mean even though you couldn't get anything more than an a star um the validation wasn't there from a caregiver so it's always the fact that oh it's just never enough and therefore, as an adult, it's like no matter what you do, no matter how brilliant you're doing, you could be at the top of your game. But if the person still has doubts and still mm-hmm. feels like as though they're not doing enough, then that goes back to, to for me, this goes back to in, internal childhood traumas. Because if you're on the top of your game, everyone's saying you're on the top of your game, but you're still not feeling like you're on top of your game and you're in, out there on top form yet you're still not feeling it then that then for me goes back down to internal traumas childhood which needs to be looked and dissected and absolutely absolutely and anytime anytime there is the motivation is fear it comes from some level of trauma from an earlier part of your life and most often it is going to be uh, childhood trauma, unless you've experienced, you know, PTSD or something at some later point in your life. Um, but oftentimes that experience in later part of life is something that shows up because you've experienced something in your childhood as well. So um, always being able to ask where or kind of check in with their own motivation and see is the motivation fear-based or inspired and if it is fear-based then we know that it's coming from our core wounding 
and once we do know that, then we can go and look at, okay, where did I experience this? And find that path to be able to uh, heal that core wounding, right? So the uh, it when it comes to doubt, and I'm I'm still kind of asking that question, and that's the interesting thing when we ask questions of, of ourselves, is might not show up immediately. It might show up in uh, an hour's time. It might show up in a week's time. So or a month's time or whatever. Um, so that is one of the questions I'm still asking myself, where does this doubt come from? Because it, you know, certainly uh, there are times, oh, there, there are certainly times my father would say, well, you're going to be doing just fine. But on the other hand, there are times when he would say, uh, well, this is something that you uh, leave it to someone else because this is something that you're not equipped to deal with. So there, there's incongruency in the messaging uh, from a parent there. Um, so, yeah, it's a journey that continues. And uh, as long as we can start dealing with the challenges at hand, uh, then we can at least break the patterns and habits that we've built up um, something just came to mind acceptance i think where acceptance that we're not always going to be good at everything we're not meant to be good at everything you know absolutely um, and some things will 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 excel at some things we won't and that's how that's why we've got people in different fields excelling at different things because if everyone excelled at the same things, then who's going to do the rest of the things? Do you know what I mean? So I think um, it's acceptance as well for the fact that you're not meant to be good at everything. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, the... you've got your own skills. Other people have got their own skills that they excel at. And mm -hmm. yeah, you know, and whatever fits for you, then excel at that bit, you know? Um, but yeah, we don't need to be good at everything. <laughs> no, absolutely. And that's where. I have my uh, four tenants that I always talk about, the compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude. Uh, so when you're sitting down to deal with the doubt, oftentimes, for me in a way, when I come up against that, there is guilt and shame involved because I know that I want to do something, but there is something holding me back, and there is this feeling of guilt for that or it could even be a level of shame uh, around it. And so the being able to sit down with myself and instead of having those low vibrational aspects come up within me, being able to look at my experience with compassion and uh, then accept that that is the best I could do at that time and see how can I possibly do this differently so that I can break through this barrier of doubt and then going into a, a process of forgiving myself for having the doubt or having not being able to push through and then from that I might once I, I'm able to process all of the uh, compassion acceptance forgiveness I might be able to draw the uh, gift from the experience itself so that I can uh, then experience gratitude for the experience as opposed to 
guilt or anger or shame or bitterness or whatever it may be. So absolutely, Faz, you're fully right on that. It's acceptance is part, part of that process, but I think having all, all of those four elements in that process will allow us to move through it more in a higher vibration. Uh, mm. so, that, so we can, because that, that's oftentimes the perpetuator is that we then move into a low vibrational state and that is the, the constriction that constricts us from uh, allowing the flow of life to come through us. Mm. And that, that just stops us dead in the tracks. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, oh, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 go ahead. It's a bit like a business. When you've got a business, you've got idea generation, you've got finances, you've got the strategic planning part, you've got the logistics, you've got sales and marketing. And it's like in a business, you know, you're not going to be good at every single bit anyway. So you might as well delegate it to somebody who will actually enjoy that job. <laughs> like, for example, the financial bit, if I'm not good at numbers, okay, give it to somebody who excels at that bit and accept that, you know, you can't do everything anyway. So, and Absolutely. they can do it better. Do you know, they can do it better. And, and uh, if they excel at it so it's just like yeah teamwork i guess but yeah. absolutely and find collaborations uh, so that you can share perhaps you all work towards a, a similar purpose and you can share tasks and as you say someone's good at finance someone isn't and then the other person might be good some at something the other person isn't good at so you can kind of pick up at uh, each other's uh, chores as it were so yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, very important. And uh, Eric Edmies talks, talks about that in his uh, quest on Mind Valley as well uh, about delegation and setting up. Even if you're you're the one doing all the jobs, do a organizational chart and put your name in all the boxes, and then go in and when you have an opportunity to assign someone else's name to a box, do that. And start with the boxes that you aren't that good at, and uh, I think that's that's another way of getting away from uh, this overwhelm uh, to just structure on paper in front of you. You know, bless technology, but sometimes paper is better because you have it in front of you, you have it on a desk, and it's tangible, and you can write on it, and so forth. Um, Another thing that we need to consider as well, when we are doing our manifestation practices, we, if we practice uh, the Solve Ultramind method or whatever it is that we're using as our manifestation practice, doubt is going to be the killer of that energy. So once you have doubt come up, that will stop that manifestation process in its tracks. So it's a good, when you are doing manifestation practices and you are, so you're setting your goals, you, you understand the, uh, the what's and you are feeling into the why's, but then suddenly that feeling comes in, can I really do this? And you feel your energy just go, mm. right? It just it deflates it completely. And that is doubt really deflates the energy within us. So it 
really kills the process of manifestation, right? And the, it does constrict us and being able to then consciously go in and expand our energy and allow ourselves to be in a higher vibration. So, you know, working on practices that will allow us to be of higher vibration, uh, like love, acceptance, uh, forgiveness, compassion, empathy, what have you. Um, that's that's where your uh, manifestation power is going to come from. Talita, go ahead. For me, that's the biggest problem is like every time I'm doing a practice, I just doubt. And then in my head just comes a lot of questions and, well, this doesn't work. This is stupid. Or like, why you're doing that? And then I don't know how to get past that. And then I just get stuck or I just stop and don't keep doing it. So what is your tip to actually avoid i mean i don't even know if there's a way to avoid those thinking but what is your tip to get out of that because it's constantly no matter and and if i think i don't want to think that then i think more of it like it doesn't work it doesn't work well you you've uh, you you join us in the uh, uh psychometry practices on uh, every other monday as well so and that is really it i mean if we if we try to dismiss thoughts or processes that happens within us, that is then what we resist is going to persist and it's going to perpetuate. So rather than going, so dismissal and uh, avoidance are low vibrational and acceptance is high vibration. So if you can accept that that is how you think at that very moment, but also acknowledging that you have a choice as to how you think. So if the thought comes up, I can't really do this, is perhaps, why am I thinking that? Where does that thought come from? Is it reasonable for me to assume that I can't do this? Why am I assuming? Do I know this for a fact? And when we are asking those kind of lofty or direct questions, then you will set emotion, a process within yourself where your mind is wants to close the loop on those questions. So it will give you the answers. So if you're saying, well, is it reasonable? Your brain's going to say, well, no, because it's an assumption. Okay, why am I assuming this? Well, because I don't know what the future holds. Okay, well, do I have an opportunity to assume something positive then? If I'm going to make an assumption, can I assume that I'm going to succeed? Yeah, I, I suppose we can. Right, so you have that conversation within yourself. And it's when you're um, being able to observe that process within yourself takes you out of being stuck in your headspace. And you can observe that process within yourself. So, like, there are three things that we can control. It's our thoughts, our words, and our actions. So, yes, when you first have that trigger of a thought uh, spontaneously coming in from the subconscious, we can't consciously control that at that very moment. 
but we can control every other every thought that comes after that. If we catch that thought, we can then throw in a thought that is a question. Ah, interesting. Where does this thought come from? Now you've interrupted the process. And you interrupted the pattern. In the extension, once you put a new program in there, you are by default now or de facto controlling your thought process because you've installed a, a program that is positive to you and that is going to be for your benefit that is now feeding you with positive in, uh, kind of instantaneous thoughts as opposed to the uh, negative sabotaging ones. Does that make sense? So we... Uh, Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. And it, you know, I know it's difficult. It's, I have challenges with these things as well, but it is when we bring it to awareness that we have an opportunity to deal, deal with it. It's when we're unaware and ignorant to our own uh, processes and experiences, that's when we are uh, kind of trapped in our own process. So just bringing it to your awareness is going to be half the battle. And then having that practice is going to uh, uh, help you to bring uh, changes about. Uh, so we had a comment here. Krista Marie Sheldon as well has a question or quest on Mind Valley. Yes, abundance. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, and uh, actually, Maestro, that comes from originally, that comes from, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, it's the NL, NL, uh, NL, NLP practitioner Rick Sykes, uh, and it was he came up with that in the eighties. Where with the, how would it feel if I? So what you can say is, how would it feel if I was able to think positively about this process? And then again, the bar of the mind is going to go, oh crap, here's a, one of these open-ended questions. I need to close the loops on this. I don't like open-ended things. So it's going to present to you how we would feel if you felt excited about it or if you felt good about it or however you want to feel, right? Yes. Uh, yes, I'm from Eastern culture. We live with so many people here, like a combined family. We live with our uncles, our aunties, their children. So we have come, uh, I would like, when I was a child, I had so many, I heard so many opinions about me. Some of them were positive, some of them were negative. As I was so young, I was not able to, um, I was not able to uh, cope up with those uh, comments and negative comments, especially in uh, when I grew up, uh, I, I was able to overcome uh, and come out of that negative mindset that was uh, cultivated in me by others, by our elders who were like in a prominent uh, position at that time. And I used uh, affirmations uh, for that when, whenever I got uh, up in from in the early in the morning, whenever I wake up, I use affirmation, positive ones like uh, uh, I I am confident. Uh, I'm beautiful. Uh, I can do this. I can do that. Whatever uh, the thing is that I want to overcome, mm -hmm. I use affirmation. And the, recently, I have done um, hypnotherapy sessions with Marisa Pierce in Mind Valley, and it helped a lot. So affirmation is something, or in meditation through meditation, we can control our 
our thinking patterns so this helped me a lot absolutely absolutely meditation is key and it's it's one of these things that it cannot be understated how important meditation is for our mental and physical and spiritual well-being um it is you know it, it is uh, you know mental and sp spiritual hygiene uh, it is an opportunity for you to clear out the cobwebs and to just sit with yourself and start reflecting on yourself and be able to observe yourself like i was uh, talking with the talita about earlier observe yourself from your awareness so that you shift yourself out of your mind's your mind and that kind of be stuck in your head um so absolutely and uh yeah like uh, i was saying before setting intentions or doing affirmations uh it, that's the kind of along the same lines just telling your mind or telling yourself what you expect from the day i expect to feel beautiful i expect to uh, feel valued i expect to feel that i'm enough Right. So, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Saima. I just want to make a point on this. I love what uh, Selma said about like the influences. I think that's our social meditation where everybody's telling you, you know, these good things and bad things. It's like our social mind where it's positive thinking, negative thinking. When someone tells you positive things, it raises up your vibration when it tells you negative things and lowers your, you know, vibration. As a child, you're imprinted by that. And that's where the wounding comes from, I think, you know, in my opinion. As an adult, you have a chance to, like, you know, correct that. Mm -hmm. And with, with this meditation, you can do that. However, you need to be careful what kind of meditations you're like really doing because i mean does the affirmation comes first and then meditation or meditation and then affirmation because when you're doing the meditation it brings up only things that are in your head anyways or subconscious things so what you feed your mind and what you hear is also important so consciously you really need to sort through through those things with asking questions and finding out where these thoughts come from so oh, yeah. that's my two cents on that absolutely and being able to kind of sort through it uh, but oftentimes when we try to sort things through in our daily lives things are so busy that it just gets too overwhelming and we just go on uh, auto autopilot as it were so uh, that's an opportunity we have in meditation to sit in peace and just observe these things as they come up and we can sort through them in a uh, peaceful way that way uh, one, to, uh, one tool that you may want to use if you have a lot of things that come up when you're sitting in meditation just perceive a kind of a shelving system uh, within yourself and when something comes up, put it in a little box, label it, and put it in the shelves. And just do that until there's no more things coming up. And then you can start taking things out of this shelving system that you perceive and look at them and observe them and see how they change and how they react and how they communicate with you, how, 
how they reveal themselves to you. So that's a little technique for you to use in your process. Fast, go ahead. Yeah, something just came up to mind uh, after what Milika just mentioned there um, about which order. I've personally found um, doing a deep clearing session, mm -hmm. like really deep clearing is like cleaning out what's what's all underneath first, all the layers. Mm -hmm. And then um, doing meditations and all these um, other uh, tools and techniques because I found without the clearing, um, these things keep coming uh, regardless of how much meditation is going on and it keeps uh, popping in and out. Whereas with the deep clearing with the with an rtt like for example uh with rtt when you actually work although the quest marissa Pierce quest is there when you actually work with an rtt therapist so i don't know if rtt works for everybody because i have heard people say that some for some people it doesn't yeah, actually it doesn't, doesn't work but, doesn't work for so, me but <laughs> 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 i i think uh, you can use if, if you generalize and say hypnotherapy Okay, hip yeah, okay, hypnotherapy. What I found is um actually working with a therapist mm -hmm. deep uh, diving deeper. Absolutely. Into what's actually going on, then clearing all that out, whatever comes up in those sessions, these deep sessions. So not just like the quests. Mm -hmm. but actually working with the therapist and then once you've cleared a majority of what what's what all what lies in all those layers then topping up with these meditations and um consistent uh, you know like uh rtt recordings and and affirmations etc i found that 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 works uh, well, better other for, well for me anyway yeah no absolutely and i appreciate uh, your perspective on that fast and i i think uh, it is if you have the opportunity to work with a therapist that's fantastic and it's like the the little tool that i suggested before with the shelving system uh the shelving system is essentially, if you have a therapist, they become the shelving system. They're the ones that kind of categorize it for you, help you uh, categorize and uh, hold those things um, uh, so that you can then go back and work on them. And meditation is, in fact, self-hypnosis in a lot of ways. So when you go into deep meditation, you are, in fact, hypnotizing, hypnotizing yourself. Uh, so the being able to, uh, I think for a lot of people, the only way to open up, and we had an experience in Refaz on Monday where, you know, you were sit in meditation uh, and some, you, you just, because you are open or you're in meditation, you're in that stillness, you are opening yourself up to releasing and things come up 
so that's that's where I feel that you know meditation is powerful to do that. But if you can work with a hypnotherapist, that can work a lot quicker, uh, as it were. So, uh, so that's my thinking. Yeah, because what I found is, you know, with the sh- I, I know you've stated about the shelving. What I found is when without the deep sessions, no matter uh, how much I've I, I tried, um, it just kept coming back. It just kept coming, popping in and out, popping in and out. It's like a bit like uh, here and here and there. It keeps popping at you, like you know, like and you just say, like, "Oh, I'm gonna say it, not this again." You know what I mean? Rather than when you have a full-on proper clear out, deep clear out, that that seems to be more effective because it's a bit like right dead and dusty with that close that door throw the key away that's it enough is enough that is never coming back again and that is it done dusted yeah um and yeah i mean i do psychic clearings for people and uh it is a clear out but the thing is you you only peel off the next layer of the onion and the next layer beyond that might hold other aspects of what you've just cleared out, but from a different perspective. Um, so it's uh, so just be mindful, perhaps, of closing yourself off to a particular challenge, because there might be other aspects of that challenge that needs to be perceived from a different perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. So just be mindful of that. But absolutely, I mean, working with someone. Uh, to do that heavy lifting, uh, some of those aspects that are heavier, that might be the only way for some people, in your case, fast, that might be the way to do it. So absolutely. Uh, we appreciate that that perspective and uh, we all have our different processes. Uh, right? Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. Yeah, because it was just something that I, I'd been dealing for like 20 odd years and I just couldn't get rid of it. And until I did this deep clearing, then it was like, right, enough, you know, now now I've fully let it go, fully, fully out. And no longer am I going to let it um, let it suppress me or let it um, continue. Well, it might be. A similarity if you if you're carrying around a hundred kilo 200 pound bag of rocks on your on your back you might need someone to help you lift that off right because mm-hmm. it's too heavy for you to lift off on your own um so absolutely some some aspects we need that sounding board we need that support uh, whether being a therapist or a friend or whomever can be of assistance. So absolutely, Fas, you're totally right in that. Always seek out, you know, if you have an opportunity, always seek out to have someone to assist you, someone that is you you feel completely safe with. So absolutely, Fas, you're absolutely right in that. There's one thing uh, that I would like to say. It mm-hmm. is equally very important to spend your time with those who have positive mindset oh sure if there are people there are certain people who always criticize you who always find faults within you then uh, it's a red flag just keep your distance with those kind of people and spend time with those who appreciates you it will also help a lot absolutely that's why i get you guys together every week 
so I get uh, get to spend time with the positive people. So, so, but yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think that is very important uh, because it is like I was said said before. It's once we have are able to hold a higher vibration, we are able to be more expanded, and we are able to see things and see our own experiences from a different perspective. So when doubt does come up, we are able to view it from a perspective of compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude, rather than shame and guilt and something that is bogging us down. Um, so being around other people that are positive, encouraging, and so forth will allow us to hold that higher vibration and they will help you bolster your energy as well so i appreciate that sorry something just came to mind um i i don't know like if uh, um uh, in terms of religion um something just came to mind where you know like uh, i think milika at the beginning mentioned something like devils at devils advocates yeah um, devils uh yeah, well, Melissa, what was it that you said? I think she put it in the chat. Uh, to me, that's what I said, devil's advocate. Oh, it was devil's advocate. Okay, yeah, yes. It was, yes. All right, okay. <laughs> Go ahead, fast. I just wanted to bring up something in terms of that one where, um, yeah, sometimes that, that, that can, uh, I don't know if anyone's spiritual here or anything like that or religiously, but I think sometimes uh, that can cause a bit of uh fall as well in terms of doubts oh, of uh, course uh again you know uh if we're afraid to go to hell because we think that something is against our community our religion or whatever then that motivation to or that doubt uh is from probably from fear and not inspiration so just ask or questioning your motives um, is, uh, is a good thing to do there. Uh, and I mean, whatever process and whatever beliefs uh, you have as an individual, that is for each and every one of us to work through and to resonate with. And uh, But I think at the end of the day, just asking that simple question, is my doubt grounded in inspiration or fear and being able to understand where it comes from then that allows you to bring that doubt up into your uh, awareness and shine a light on it and then you can uh, start working with it um i just want to say this uh because the devil's advocate is not always so good because you know if that's that negative neg negativity creeping in kind of thing you know sometimes people as a social group decide to do something and they made a decision and they're going to do it now i come along and i raise the question you know oh did you consider this did you consider that what if you know the bridge falls down or something no we already decided the bridge is very stable it, it's it's go ahead, full power kind of thing. You know, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know. Well, you what, what, if, what if someone made a wrong calculation and the bridge does fall down, then you're the one who said, well, we should reconsider this, right? Yes. So is that... That's, that, that's when, when who is talking louder, who is the boss, comes in, in question. Who is the leader there, you know? Can you really assume the leadership role? What if, you know, I mean, it's a very delicate situation in that think, sense. Uh, yeah, no, and I think it's uh, it's quite apt to bring up the leadership role. Can you become the leader of yourself? Can you become the boss of yourself rather than letting your subconscious rule you? So I think that's very apt. Right, but... Um... You really need to like make sure uh, that you're adult in that situation. Oh, you absolutely. know, you're tested. Your your skills are tested, and that's when, like, you know, what you said. Well, you know, what are my skills in here? Uh, are they really tested? Am I capable of doing this? So you know, it, you have to test yourself and be confident that you can make that decision and stand by it. So Absolutely. It, and that's... But I think, I mean, if you look at any of the topics we're talking about here, uh, you know, from a psychological, you know, academic psychological point of view, so my points might be totally off the off the off the road, as it were, in terms of uh, uh, the the popular notion uh, in academia. But uh, from that point of view, I I always take the perspective in these talks that these are my experiences, and this is where I'm coming from. This has, you know, either worked for me or it is something I'm working on. Um, but everybody might not agree with it. But if it resonates with only one person and it helps one person, that's enough for me. If it helps a lot of people, fantastic. But I think in if we if we seem if we seek to become complete masters of something, then I think we might end up doubting ourselves till the end of days. You know what I mean? So there, I, I, there has to be some level of balance there, don't you think? Right. Yes. Uh, and I think that that's my failing where I want to be a master at one thing. And, you know, I, I keep learning and trying to study so hard that, you know, I have to know everything about it before I make a decision. <laughs> well, have you, have you, have you just, have you explored the aspect of perfectionism within yourself? Uh, yes, I think, you know, uh, I, very recently I have decided that, you know, sometimes you have to reach a point where you say good enough is good enough kind of thing. Like 2080 that, that, uh, yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, it was a conscious effort to search and, and to explore and to ask, why am I doing this? Like yeah. Oz was saying, you know, it, it, it just, a it's a lifelong like quest mm -hmm. like 
like deep clearing and and figuring it all out so that you do have that confidence in in order to be adult to your child's wounded child self whatever i mean yeah and if you didn't have that process within yourself you would never learn that about yourself would you exactly and thank you for this discussion this is why we're having it (laughs) discussion absolutely and uh, you know we all discover something new about ourselves and new practices new tools new new avenues to uh, pursue so um but yeah no it is one of those things if doing some or coming out or expressing something with 80 percent accuracy i think is better than never expressing anything because you're seeking out 100% accuracy. So if you put it out there, at least you put it out in the ether for feedback to come back. And then you can have that discussion. You can talk it through. And perhaps you then come to 85 or 90% before you kind of, and then, uh, or you recreate something and you then reach a higher level. So yeah, it's... um, being able to understand when we have that balance is uh, part of the process and not allowing our doubt to say, well, it's not good enough. You, you got to master this because that then becomes a, that coping mechanism that your subconscious is throwing at you. Nope. It's got not good enough. Got to be better. And then we avoid actually showing up in our greatness. I appreciate everybody showing up here as always with your beautiful energies and uh, allowing me to share in uh, your uh, your experiences and your wisdom. So uh, thank you and have a good one. See you later. As with anything, we are unique individuals with unique experiences and especially unique perceptions of our own experiences. So this process now is for you to explore within yourself What does doubt mean to you and where does it come from within you? How does it show up in your life and how then with that understanding can you go forward to employ the right tools to help you move out of doubt from within yourself? As we often uh, discuss and we try to show in these conversations is how to deconstruct your experiences to kind of simpler elements because if we try to take in everything that is around us and everything we experience and try to analyze it from a mental perspective uh, it's simply far too complex we we don't have the intellectual capacity as humans to process that vast number of variables at one time so being able to deconstruct and look at it from a simpler perspective helps us then to regain the momentum and go into taking action if you would like some uh, hands-on assistance about uh, dealing with these challenges and kind of deconstructing these experiences please do visit us on the alchemyexperience.co.uk and click on our 30 minute free consultation link and uh, schedule time with us and uh, we see where we can go from there but that's it for this time and i wish you all the best until we see you the next time and uh, stay healthy out there take care